and welcome to the Cambridge Connection, your roadmap to debt solutions and renewed financial wellness with your host, Gordon Oliver. The Cambridge Connection is brought to you in partnership with Cambridge Credit Counseling, offering you simple, safe financial solutions since 1996. Welcome, everyone, to the Cambridge Connection. I'm your host, Gordon Oliver, here on WHMP 101.5 FM, 1400 AM. Real special show today. We've got a special guest. We're going to talk about all things personal and business security. Tim Veloso, the Director of Operations for Simply IT LLC. Tim, welcome to the Cambridge Connection. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you. And before we do that, drum roll, please. We have a very special co-pilot. Miss Madeline, welcome to the Cambridge Connection. Hi. How are you today? Good. All right, before we get into stuff that's really important, we're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. What's your favorite ice cream? Watermelon. Watermelon ice cream. What's your favorite drink? Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. I love Shirley Temples. I don't know if you know this, Madeline, but I do bartend, and I make a lot of Shirley Temples, love to make them. And then lastly, what's the favorite meal that Grandma makes for you? Rice. Rice? Just plain white rice? or It's rice pilaf. Oh, oh, that's our co-pilot. <laughs> Hello, Tina. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having us, Gordon. How I wanna, are you? I'm doing great. Madeline, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. Do you have a iPhone? Yes. Okay, that's going to be very important for our show. So, Tina... I want to tell you, it's so great to have your granddaughter in the studio. When I was a kid, my uncle was a conductor of a train, and he had brought me on the train to co-conduct. I'll never forget it. I was, like, so excited. And Madeline, I hope you're excited to be here on The Cambridge Connection. I think think this is something she's going to remember for the rest of her life, and I think today's a great show. talking about internet security to have a young um, star on the show today to kind of listen to see what's out there and hopefully she might learn a little something today. Without a doubt and and it brings up a great point as we talk about this uh, Tim. Obviously there are uh, kids younger and younger and younger getting this type of technology. It's it's an incredible age we live in where these kids are just growing up with technology in their hands. You see them all the time, two, three, four years old, and they've already have iPhones and tablets, iPads, yeah, all of that. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that because obviously it's important um, that we talk about at that age. There are some vulnerabilities there that we need to share with everybody. There, it's vulnerabilities across the board. There are so many avenues in which uh, criminals or people that are just trying to get information they're attacking. It doesn't matter your age. They'll attack. You know, they'll try to get information from a kid. Try to steal their identity, the parents' identity, the grandparents' identity. Um, and, and just use it to, it's really all about money. They just want to steal your money. It's all of this that helps uh, or prevents me from sleeping at night. So before I jump out the window, we're going to take a quick break. And before we do, what's your favorite ice cream, Tim? My favorite, I'm, <laughs> I'm a plain vanilla, vanilla bean ice cream. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then what's your favorite meal that grandma has made? Uh, I love, she makes a nice filet with mashed potatoes. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little offended over here. She said rice pilaf, you know, the the Uh, way I cook for this kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. We're going to go home and talk about this. I'm going with the filet, Tim. Sometimes Uh, you got to keep it simple. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Tim, I'll wait for the invite for the filet. uh, I'll I'll wait for that. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get everything security on a personal level. And on a business level, this is Gordon Oliver with The Cambridge Connection. We'll be right back. If you've lost income during the pandemic and have fallen behind on your rent or mortgage payments, Cambridge Credit Counseling can help. 
Talk to one of our HUD certified counselors at 1-800-CAMBRIDGE. Welcome back, everyone, to The Cambridge Connection. I'm your host, Gordon Oliver, here with my co-pilot, Tina Marie, and our special guest, Tim Veloso from Simply IT LLC. And Tim, this information is so important because this show is about financial wisdom, financial wellness, and if people are vulnerable with electronics on the internet, obviously it can cause all kinds of problems uh, for people. People can uh, Bank accounts can be accessed, personal information, so we're going to get into that. And before we do, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your history, your career, and what got you to where you are today? So I've been in the IT for over 30 years. I was back in the day when we were building computers for local area colleges, uh, physically putting motherboards in. This is pre-internet. Uh, we used to have this modem thing that we'd have to connect to bulletin boards to try to share information. Uh, and then I remember mid mid 90s when the internet really started to come out, and you know that just changed it changed the dynamic of the world. So I also have a bachelor's in IT security and information assurance. Uh, so this is just something I've lived and breathed, and I've seen it grow right from the ground up, um, probably since the late 80s. Speaking of the 80s, and I'm, I can't exactly remember the time frame, but I had a, a leading edge computer. Oh. And I remember the huge monitor, and I was it was always so exciting to hear the drive spin up, spin up, and then and watch yeah. the the dash yeah. dash and waiting for the next thing, you know. Uh, but we certainly have come a long way. It's funny since you then. say that. I had an intern, and he's like, "What is this light on the top of the computer for?" He didn't really understand what it was, and in in for us, we know that that means that the drive is doing something. Sure, right. so thank you. It became a lesson for. Then it became okay. Now it's the oh, it used to be the hourglass of doom. Now it's the blue circle of doom. Right when it's just processing. There there is a bunch. There's a blue screen of death, white screen of death, black <laughs> screen of death. That totally yeah. exists everywhere. Are we talking about the circle? Yeah, yeah. of course. When, when you're waiting uh, you know, for yes. the computer to move. Round and round and round. Okay. Once again, we have Madeline in the studio, which is my co-pilot, Tina Marie's granddaughter. And she has a device, Tim. Obviously, it's a phone, iPhone, and there's information on there. So what happens, even for our youth, for anybody that has these uh, devices, if our information is stolen? I think that's a good point to, to think about the personal information that they're actually getting after, uh, it, to know what they're getting after, and then to know what they're you know what they're going to use it for. So they're looking for names, they're looking for emails, they're looking for phone numbers, uh, and, and once these hackers, once these thieves start getting your personal information, it can have implications that could actually last your entire life. It could follow you through uh, your entire life. Uh, Even pictures, right? Pictures, pic pictures. Um, obviously, you know, there's some heavy hitters like your social security and bank account. You know, those are the big ones out there. But it even gets more simple than that. It's, you know, your name and your email address and a phone number. We had a customer who has a, uh, they got an AT&T bill and it was, a, it was a phone number for one of their managers and an email address for a different manager. And that's how we were able to connect the dot that there was fraud there. And that information is publicly out there. So it's not just about protecting yourself. It's just really about being aware. It, this can impact children and it can impact, you know, parents and grandparents. So it can have, they don't care. There's no, there's no discrimination as long as they can get information and try to steal money is really what the bottom line is. It's so funny. Uh, again, we talked about the 80s and 90s. It was don't throw your mail away, right? Because there's personal information right. on there. Now Shred we've, right. now we've, we've got it all on our devices and it's vulnerable. And I always say, you know, one of the things we advise people to do is pulling credit reports annually to just see that there's activity 
that's all the activity that you would expect. If there's anything abnormal, then it's time to do something about that's it. That's actually one of my recommendations on how to prevent it, and it's it's. And I'm glad you you know it's, it's it fits perfect with what Cambridge is trying to do. Um, to obviously keep an eye, you have to be aware. You have to be aware of your own information. Be aware of your own credit information. Without a doubt. So what would happen, though? What do, we, what do you do when your personal information is actually stolen? I, I talk to people on a daily basis, and they're so frustrated where they will pull a credit report and find something that they have no idea what it's about. They want to dispute it, and they've got to literally jump through hoops to dispute it. So what what is your recommendation? What do you think is the best way to go about maybe disputing something or trying to figure out how to take care of something that's really not yours? obviously the best way to dispute it is to try to prevent it in the first place. And so a lot of the methods that are in place are the prevention and being aware ahead of time. Um, you know, we, we talk about how um, hackers and thieves steal your information. And, you know, obviously since the theme has gone back to the 80s and 90s, the original way is people would just steal like your mail or steal yeah. your, your wallet. wallet. Yep. Wallet's a <laughs> yep. big thing, you know. Um, you know, they would. Another technique that's not as commonly known is they would submit a change of address to the post office and route some of your mail, uh, especially some of your credit card information in that aspect. But now we're in a, in a technology day and age where, um, you know, our whole lives are on on the internet in some way, shape, or form. And hackers can start simply simply as you know hacking your Facebook or your social media accounts and changing things there. Um, and going forward in that aspect. Here's where I see a problem, too. You get, you see companies like Target and Citibank, major organizations getting hacked. I And I feel like I hear a lot from people, well, they, if they want my information, they're going to get it anyway. So people have almost become like, well, not, not much I can do about it. So I think that's false. Obviously, you need to do as much as you can about it. So so let's talk about that. So if you're looking at Garmin getting you know ransomware for ten million ten billion dollars or whatever it was, and Target and you know Microsoft, they're facing attacks all the time. So is it totally prevented? If someone wants to get at your information, that may be true. But let's think about it like this: If I am walking down a street in New York City and I'm a thief. And, you know, remember when we had those nice cassette players in the cars yeah. with the face plates and yeah, you steal them out sure. of your car? I, I would walk down the street and I would check the door. And if the door was locked, I'd go to the next one. And I'd check the door. And if that door was locked, I'd go to the next one. Oh, this one's unlocked. It's an easy target. So by putting some of these techniques in place, what you're doing is you're creating, you're, you're lowering your attack surface, if you, you want to use a technical term. You're making it um, a little bit harder for the potential thief to steal your information. I, I like to look at it as the locked door mentality. And you're just trying to stay under that radar because you are not the big target. They're casting this wide net and trying to catch whatever fish they can. Now, if they wanted to scheme and get after a big target that's spending tens of billion dollars on security, well, that's, you know, a whole campaign that they can attack and it, it's, you know, becomes a big game for them. But, you know, for in our scenario, we're looking at protecting the individual and there's a lot of individuals that these guys are just casting a wide, wide net. And if your door is locked, they're going to move on to the next person. So how do you propose to protect yourself? So I look at security like an onion, right? An onion has a lot of different layers. And so there's a lot of different techniques that you're going to, you know, I recommend we put in place um, to 
to prevent that from happening. So let's talk about the first thing. Let's talk about cell phones. And we brought that up with an iPhone. How many people do we know that don't lock their phones or have any form of lock on it, any right. security code on it? Or they use the same security code, you know, one, two, three, four, which, by the way, is one of the most common passwords out there. It's um, crazy. Yeah. So, you know, wanting to lock your phone, making sure that it has like a 30 second timer and then making sure that there's a, a method of unlocking it that isn't just a passcode or, you know, drawing a shape on the screen. Um, it, biometrics is definitely one of the big, big things that are out there. And it's super secure um, because it's something that is you. It's not something, you know. I have just a small opinion. My only problem with that is you see a lot of these, you know, in the news, we're always faced with all this crime. I feel like the criminal just punched me in the face and then put the phone up to my face. And next thing you know, it's got the facial ID. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I struggle with that a little bit because of that. But again, in, in the grand scheme of thing, that's an anomaly, yeah. right? So for right. the regular usage... It's great. So remember, if they want to get at, if they're targeting you like they target Target or they target Garmin, they're they're going to find they're gonna ways do what to they do. They're going right. to they're going to really narrow in on it. But again, we're trying to stay under the radar. I'm kind of curious. What do you feel? Your personal opinion about the Apple Wallet? Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of securities in place for it. Uh, a lot of banks often require a, a secondary veri verification mm -hmm. to allow it. Um, those are the those are the reasons why your Apple phone should have you know a short timer for the lock screen, mm -hmm. and it sh and it should be more than just a passcode. It should be some form of bi biometrics, facial recognition, or thumbprint. thumbprint. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're coming up against a hard break. So let's just summarize: strong passwords. Don't use the same passwords for the same accounts. We've had that conversation yep. in the past. When you've given presentations, yep. you've talked about the different what you should have different passwords for everything. So you're not showing patterns, consistency, Correct. right? Yep. Uh, monitor your credit report, right? You have to monitor. I mean, it, that's so the problem with that is it's a little harder because it actually requires you to be a little proactive. Uh, but you absolutely need to keep an eye on it. There are apps like Capital One has CreditWise as an example where it gives monthly updates. Yep. It even shows when your information's showed up on the dark web. If if you have a new credit card that's been you know applied for and that you know you didn't do it, you know those are important things to, to kind of just key indicators that something may be amiss. We're going to definitely have you back because personal side we can talk more about. Um, and there's never this is information is always important because this can ruin a person's finances and credit profile. Not just the person, but their families and their families exactly. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to speak with Tim about the business side of this. This is Gordon Oliver with The Cambridge Connection. We'll be right back. Are you having trouble paying down credit card debt? Cambridge has been helping people safely pay down their debts for more than 25 years without settlements or bankruptcy. Call us at 1-800-CAMBRIDGE. Welcome back, everyone, to The Cambridge Connection. I'm your host, Gordon Oliver, here with my co-pilot, Tina Marie, Madeline, and Tim Veloso from Simply IT LLC talking a, an extremely important topic, which is securing personal information. Tina, obviously, we've had um, our guest from Scamicide on to talk about fraud and, and protecting yourselves, and we've seen people get hurt. I've helped a friend just recently. I've talked about it on the show that got scammed with student loans where the scammers used the Department of Education logo for the envelope, just making it look like that's right. who you're supposed to call. I, so we're going to jump into the business side. Go ahead. No, I've received I, um, personal uh, well, company emails um, from the president of the company 
uh, one time asking me to get gift cards for him. And I didn't even recognize the email was not correct. And I answered back, sure. (laughs) And then it hit me. Let's dig into that because that that is so true. Yes. You thought it was coming from the president. For a second, yeah. So, Tim, we're obviously still talking personal, but it also blends into business. So let's talk about receiving things that are telling you to take action. Uh, The first thing I would say is it's unfortunate we have to take the mindset where we have to kind of not trust. We have to have this initial not trust when it comes into email. And you kind of look at it and first thing we need to do is vet it, really make sure it is who we think it is. I'll give you an example. We have a customer we sent out. uh, They have 30 employees. We had... 16% 16% of the employees clicked the link. We sent out we sent out a, a fake phishing email saying it's from the IT department and nothing in the email really indicated to who and we were able to track how many people and it became exactly. a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. So companies actually will do tests to test their sure. employees. We'll talk That's about smart. that when we get to the business That's segment smart. and some of that. But to, to, to How do you identify it? Like so first of all, it, you kind of get a sense of when we're sending emails, we kind of know our language. We kind of know how we're talking to each other. So if there's something seems off about that, you know, trust your gut. That's the first thing I'm going to say. The second thing is never click a link. If you hover over the link. Or an attachment. Or an attachment. Yep. If you hover over that, you will be able to see, you know, where that link is pointed to. And if like, so you have to change your login for such and such. And you, you hover over it and then you look at where that link is actually pointing to and it doesn't, it, it, it makes doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't add up. Don't click it. Be very, be very, very cautious about clicking anything in an email uh, or opening up any attachments, especially on the personal level, because most personal level, you know, most of the individuals don't have the high tech things like spam filters and firewalls and all the things that are out there, um, you know, for businesses, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, so it's really up to the individual to kind of be mindful about what they're clicking. Yeah, and so just for that. Uh, one piece, even it's a safe bet always if you you said trust your gut. If you feel at any point that it's something that's not right, go call the company that you have a relationship with or even if it's one that's soliciting selling something. If you're interested, go outside of that communication, find the company information and call them. Ask them, did you try to reach out to me for X, Y, and Z or I'm interested in this product and do the proactive outreach rather than clicking links, you know, uh, answering to emails, even phone calls, same thing. I think it's, it's, it comes back to just having, it's unfortunate we have to say this, but have less trust about that email coming yeah. in. You kind of have to look at better it. Better off. You have to you know verify that it is who yeah, it is. Yeah, better be safe than sorry. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's shift to businesses because there are a lot of people that listen to the show that are entrepreneurs, that are single business owners, salespeople, Etc. So let's talk about business security. So we kind of touched about it on the personal level when we talked about the security awareness training. You know, there are programs out there that, you know, for instance, the example I brought up, we had a customer that implemented a security awareness training. They have 30 employees uh, every month. They get uh, basically hit with spam, but it's controlled. It's from a controlled environment where they get sent information. Sometimes it's a, a fake Facebook email, or sometimes it's a fake IT department needs to change a password. Uh, and, but if they, if a user clicks on it, 
A, it tracks who clicked it, and it also brings them to a training. And it says, you've been hooked, you've been fished, it, you know, you clicked on a link you shouldn't, here's how to avoid that. Uh, furthermore, it gives the company an opportunity to have a one-to-one conversation saying, hey, listen, this one particular company had 30, you know, I think I said 16, but I think it was closer to 30% the first time we did it. And then the second month, it dropped to 16. Now we're, you know, hovering around the 4 or 5%, and a lot of the 4 or 5% are the new employees who are just now getting into the program. So, I, you know, they'll call and say, hey, did you send this email? And I can say, no, that was the phishing one. They say, oh, I identified that right away. So that's a major step that companies can take uh, to help you because the number one vulnerability in any business is actually the human factor. So just say one person clicks on this phishing email. I, what Once they click on it, I mean, is everyone going to have to get shut down or how do you go about you know focusing on on not getting fished or not having any information out there that because of that just one person can it take just one person it, it, so that's a great follow up question let's start with that yes it can take just one person clicking and it can lock out an entire organization wow. if they don't have the if they don't have the controls um it, will it always be one click well it depends on the severity of the attack it depends on the the motives um you know a lot of times these guys are just throwing out a wide net trying to solicit information if they can get a little bit more information such as your email and credentials you know of that nature maybe they can hack into the system they're you know putting a wide net out trying to get it uh, in the cases, as we mentioned earlier, with Target, those are those are a little bit more targeted, uh, pun intended, to... Um, <laughs> to targeted? Yeah, targeted. Yeah, exactly. Um, to, to really get at their systems and lock it down, because there's big money in it. If you can lock out a you know, multi-billion dollar company and then ransomware them for $10 million and they can't operate, well, they're losing money every second. And yes, it can come back to an employee uh, who has the right credentials that might click the wrong thing. And it, in fact, you know, a virus gets downloaded or it locks out their system. Systems, and then it propagates throughout the entire network. Is this not how cryptocurrency was created? Like, didn't they use that as a means of payment to get your information unlocked? A lot, a lot of things in life that that we look as beneficial financially started out deviously. Un- unreal, isn't it? <laughs> no. All right. It's, 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 <laughs> no, you're right. It's not unreal. Uh, all right. So, um, in the company structure, obviously, um, one computer. If you're on a network. Uh, does that make the network vulnerable if you were to make that kind of mistake? It, it, it's possible. Um, you know, our company implements a, you know, we, we follow industry standards such as NIST, which is the National Institute of Securities and Technologies, um, where, you know, it depends on the network structure. But uh, on a company like Cambridge, for instance, it, it, I know for a fact their network is going to be segregated. So if, the, let's say, the billing department gets hacked, it's separate from the accounting department. So it kind of minimizes the um, how much is getting attacked on that or how much is vulnerable. Um, so different companies will structure things differently. Um, you know, one of the things we look at is trying to look at, you know, what are the business processes? What are the vital important systems? And then let's separate, you know, those networks for it so that if one particular department gets uh, hacked or targeted or falls subject to a, a phishing scam, it, it is localized. It is stayed in just that department. So th- those are some of the techniques that I think are important. And it depends on the size of the business too. So, you know, um, finding the right balance between making things too difficult to function because you're making it so secure. I mean, we could make, you know, uh, it's so secure that you have, you know, five different things to enter before you can open up Microsoft Word. Well, that's not feasible for most companies because you take more 
more of your time actually unlocking the system than you do actually performing work. So, and then how many people forget their passwords? Or uh, my, my right. God. I, I complain all the time we have to change our passwords. I think it's every 30 or, or 60 days, but I, I understand obviously it's for security at the company. But <laughs> Let me speak to that because here's, sure. here's the other problem. And we're, we're obviously short on time. We're definitely going to have you come back on. I definitely would like to talk to you uh, and the principal at Scamicide to talk about potentially doing a seminar, webinar, et cetera, because you can't talk about this enough. But what you just said, the other challenges, I love to hear that there's training for companies because instead of treating it like you've been bad, it is let's learn together because right. you've got to have the impl- the staff buy in. You have to they have, have to They have to lock their computer down when they yeah. walk away from their desk, all of the things that are important. I can put you know 50 different technology security implementations in place for a company and the biggest vulnerability is still going to be the individual. And the individual goes back to it. We got to change the way we do things and constantly be paying attention to this. Where can businesses or people find you to get help? Uh, Website's the easiest way, www.simplyitllc.com. Tim, uh, I'm going to go home and unplug everything Mm. and close all (laughs) my drapes and I'm going to become a recluse. Put tinfoil on your roof. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to probably leave here with some paranoia. So not like I already didn't have it, but now it's even worse. Um, Something we missed. I want you to tell our listeners about the other amazing craft that you do. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm a collegiate volleyball official. I referee Division One college volleyball. And I've seen you were on the ESPN <laughs> Top Ten. You want to so talk my, about that? My claim oh, to wow. fame, yeah. I had an opportunity to get down to uh, South Carolina at Clemson, and uh, the two teams playing, it was Louisiana Tech versus Clemson, and uh, the young lady and uh, Louisiana Tech made this a phenomenal play that you hardly ever see. She uh, broke in play, and she ended up kicking the ball like a soccer ball. It went over the net for the point. Wow. Uh, ES- ESPN picked it up and put it up. We, were, we made top four. I did follow up with an email, though, to ESPN because I was a little disappointed in the FaceTime from me. They they actually focused in on her a little bit more than oh. I thought. Yeah. Well, well, now Sorry to hear that. Yeah, so, so you know how this works out. You're on the Cambridge Connection as the main host. Oh, there you go. Right? As the there main guests here. At so least you're not on. Tell Come ESPN on, man. They, they lost out. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. All right. So, again, the um, important show, um, securing information. Tina, you do such great work helping people with credit problems. The, the the message that we have to leave with is don't add to the opportunity to have a problem, right? right? Do everything you can to protect your information from social security, credit cards, electronic devices, and you can never follow this enough. Or be too careful. I think when Tim said that earlier, you know, um, if it, wording, if it doesn't sound right, it right. might not be. Right. Chances are, yeah. So three things to take home, right? Number one, make sure your devices are locked. Make sure you have a device locked on it with some type of biometrics, face scan, or, you know, then that goes for iPhones, even for kids. Number two, when you when you open your emails, just have a sense of, is this not right? Is this right? You know, have that sense, that caution, um, you know, and number three, you know, just be careful where you're going on your websites. That leaves me to end this show with a quote from James Comey, the ex-FBI director. The diverse threats we face are increasingly cyber-based. Much of America's most sensitive data is stored on computers. We are losing data, money, and ideas through cyber intrusions. This threatens innovation, and as citizens, we are also increasingly vulnerable to losing our personal information. Again, 
James Comey from the FBI. Special thanks to our producers, Leah and Lisa, for always guiding us and helping us with the show. Special thanks to you, co-pilot, and your granddaughter, Miss Madeline, for joining the show today. And Tim Veloso from Simply ITLLC, thank you so much for joining us. We definitely will have you back again because we cannot talk about this enough. This is about financial wellness, the show, financial wisdom, so we appreciate you coming thank by. Thank you for having me on. All right. If you've missed any shows, please join us on Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. We have great experts and collegiate volleyball stars on our show. <laughs> so join us Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. If you've missed any shows or you simply missed us, you can go to whmp.com, click on podcasts, or you can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast shows. Once again, we want you to be part of the conversation. You can email us at connect at cambridgecredit.org or feel free to call 1-800-CAMBRIDGE.